Let me get a 10-piece hot, extra crispy, extra wet. Let me get a blue cheese. Matter of fact, two. I'm on celery and fries and a peach drink. And make sure my fries is hot because they was cold last time. to the Extra Crispy, Extra Wet Podcast, hosted by the Young Aunties. Come on in the room, everybody. Come on in the room. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Extra Crispy, Extra Wet Podcast, hosted by us, the Young Aunties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. Where are we at, ladies? Season 5, Episode 2. Two. All right. Let's get right into it, you guys. You know we got to start off the show in the Southern way. Down here, we say it's rude to walk in the room and not speak and introduce yourself, so we're going to do that first, Kay. Kick us off. What's going on, everybody? It's Auntie Kirby, a.k.a. Where is Kirby in, a.k.a. The West Side Woodniff, and I'm checking in from the Swats as usual. All right, and you know everybody got to keep a shooter on their team. That would be me, Auntie Kaylee, a.k.a. Killer Kaylee with no kills. Um, established, the original Kaylee established in 1985. Hashtag, stop gentrifying my name. Stop. Y'all know everybody need a New York nigga on their squad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's good, y'all? It's Auntie Yolanda, aka Auntie Yo-Yo, aka Auntie Yoda. Um, coming in hot from up top, but you know, getting comfortable in the A. What's up, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> and I am your favorite homegirl, Nick, from the old school Latonia, where we put it on you. All right, and we in this thing. We're gonna go ahead and get into those wing orders of the day, Auntie Yo-Yo. What you got? Ooh, coming in hot. Um, <laughs> I am. I'm definitely gonna dive into some extra crispy cauliflower, um, and I want them piping hot. Give me some habanero with some ghost pepper on that. Mm-hmm. With some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Told you, coming in hot. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I need some chunky, chunky blue cheese. Um, definitely need to get me a nice tall cold water with some with some ice. Yeah, feeling frisky. <laughs> I like it. Auntie Kirby, what you got? You know, today I decided to make my own wings at home. So actually, oh. I'm done here. I'm gonna make myself my own ten piece butter ranch. But I'm going to actually bathe in a little bit of avocado oil and air fry them because hashtag sometimes there's no need for the deep fry situation. Um, I'm actually going to forego any dipping sauces today, but I am going to make myself a very wonderful cruciferous salad made with broccoli, cabbage, as well as a little bit of kale and a few other items, pumpkin seeds, craisins, um, and some poppy seed dressing. And as usual, I'm going to have some water on me because hydration is fundamental. Mm. I'm it. Auntie Kaylee, what's good? Um, you know, now that Auntie Yo-Yo mentioned the cauliflower thing, I think I'm going to hop on that bandwagon. So I want some buffalo uh, cauliflower, wow. um, some blue cheese. Yeah, that sounded delicious. <laughs> um, with a nice uh, large cup of lemonade because it's hot. 
that part. <laughs> I'm also gonna jump on that cauliflower bandwagon because she did make it sound really good. And I'm gonna get me some mild because y'all know I don't do hot uh, <laughs> cauliflower wings. And that chunky blue cheese sounds just right. And a tall glass of water with the good crushed ice. Let's get it. Yes. Sonic ice. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I love that ice. Hands down. You know? Yeah. All right. Well, look like the auntie's plan on eating good. And we're going to move right on into the auntie of the day. Y'all, this is a woman in history or currently making history. I'm going to give her her flowers. Uh, auntie Kirby, I think you got one for us. Who you got? Yes, today we are celebrating Miss Charlenia Snyder, uh, also known as the Goal Slayer. Uh, she's an award-winning entrepreneur, author, woman of faith. Uh, she leads thousands in ministry and business as the Goal Slayer. Uh, she is a fierce uh, brand and business consultant. Uh, she's actually uh, she, her niche is helping millennial women launch, grow, and sustain profitable businesses uh, through income strategy sessions and marketable branding. She's also the founder and head curator in charge at Gold Slayers Tribe, which is a membership community built to uplift, share, and network with like-minded women from around the world. Her community offers a safe space to collaborate while inviting new ideas and opportunities that will allow women to create the success they want by developing goal-specific strategies. Uh, If you know Charlenia, you know she also enjoys empowering every believer through motivational words of wisdom and challenging them all to, quote, take it up a notch. So we want to celebrate her today and her endeavors. Miss Charlenia Snyder, we honor you. And that is our auntie of the day. Yay. All right. We always learning new aunties to look out for. Charlenia Snyder, what's up, girl? Holla at us. All right, y'all. We about to get into that good old menu, what y'all came here for. The meat and potatoes. You know, we start with Atlanta first. Um, so Arthur Kirby, I'm going to ask you to help me out here. Let's kick off these Atlanta cases and we will discuss. Absolutely. So the first thing we're going to talk about today is, you know, some people love movies like Jungle to Jungle and The Jungle Book. Well, it's definitely a jungle sometimes in Atlanta and it's definitely keeping me wondering. Uh, Apparently, Monkeypox has decided to get it crunk out here. There's actually 158 confirmed cases in Georgia, which is 50 percent from a week ago and 2300 cases nationwide. And a number of articles that I was looking at were saying that this could potentially be a new STD. So, folks, y'all going to have to be careful. If you bump bumping coochies, bumping balls, whatever you decide to do, it might be a problem for you. Um, it says that most cases are actually reported from men-to-men interactions thus far. Uh, for me, it's definitely giving HIV vibes because, you know, they gave us COVID. So now they're like, let's give you something else uh, to play in the sandbox with. Um, vaccines are available, and they're definitely being sent out in allotments, uh, totaling 6000 for people in Georgia. Um, Quote, from the worst that I've seen, I would not wish that on my worst enemy, said a gentleman named Joshua James, um, Simon Libick of Atlanta. He said the worst ones have been like they can't sleep for multiple days because of searing pain from the boils and uh, marks and pimples that they cause. Boils? Uh, What now? I said boils. Boils. (laughs) Boils and troubles. I've been evil of them. That's disgusting. Sorry. Listen, listen. The CDC and them is out here playing hopscotch with us, Okay. Um, it says that the doses of vaccines are limited and that clinics are exclusively, but most of those doses are going to clinics that are exclusively set up for men who have sex with men, um, a group considered by the CDC to be most at risk. And the reason why I said it was given HIV vibes is that in the late 70s, early 80s, when HIV started building up um, in the, hu- the human community, the story goes that 
It was actually a disease that was contracted by a man who had sex with some sort of primate while they were in Africa and brought it back to New York. And so this is very much giving that kind of energy like, ooh, like, are y'all trying to do this story all over again? And they say people that do not pay attention to history are doomed to repeat it. And so for all of my friends out here who, you know, are part of the LGBTQI plus, I plus community, be careful. You know, y'all have always been a target in the first place. And all that's going to do is then can target the rest of the human population in some way or another. But I just think it's interesting. Like, like I said, this is a little too familiar. My mother actually, unfortunately, passed away with complications of HIV um, that she contracted from a good friend of hers who happened to also be a member of the LGBTQI plus community. Um, and during that time period in history, like, it was really bad. Like my family members wouldn't even come visit her because they assumed that if if she coughed on them or if they were in the same room with her, uh, that they would then contract the contract the disease. Now we of course have more education, um, but now, like I said, they're turning uh, monkeypox into a potential uh, threat, um, and it wasn't something that was very prevalent. So I'm just like, I don't know if you know some of these governments uh, got something for us. Uh, they're trying to kill us. The Covidisha already, Covidana, and already you know tap dance on us. For the last couple of years and now you might have the potential if you decide that you want to you know not be careful out here that if you bumping bumping butts with somebody you might be getting some boils and toils and trouble so everybody be careful protect yourselves um it's it's, it's real scary out here moving on speaking of stealing because they out here stealing our joy um there is actually a gentleman out here that goes by the name of thomas jones who has been parlaying around atlanta specifically college park and duping people out of things that they own. Uh, what he has been doing is reaching out to bouncy house companies, uh, snow cone companies, um, and water slide companies, and like asking to rent their stuff. Um, and essentially, a lot of these owners are saying that their stuff is getting held for ransom. He stays around and watches them set their stuff up, stays very close. And then when it's time for them to come pick it up, he starts texting them, when are you getting here? How long is it going to take? And by the time they get there to pick their stuff up, stuff is gone. For Nito. And he's actually putting the stuff back on Facebook Marketplace where he initially reached out to some of these uh, business owners to resell it or holding it for ransom from them saying, I'll sell it back to you. Now, ain't that about a bitch? I also found it interesting that this was happening specifically in the Camelot Apartments, which is in the College Park, Georgia area, Cali uh, Park, for those that may not know. So I actually am not surprised because, you know, those are some of my distant cousins and I know how they act. But it's like, really, y'all? I understand that life is hard. It's rough out here. It's hard to get a job sometimes, but we got to do better. You ain't got to steal from your own people or try to extort. And y'all know how I talk about black folks need to stop trying to extort and embezzle and stop playing with folks' money. You're not white. You can't play with money like that. So please don't do that. It's just, it's a lot. And on top of that, these young kids, y'all remember we talked about them being on scooters out here running drive-bys on folks. Well, now they're actually taking the full car. Apparently, a bunch of teenagers have been out here stealing Kias and Hyundais all over the Atlanta and the world, I, I, I. and it's not just Atlanta that's being affected. It's actually Milwaukee, Cincinnati, and St. Paul. Uh, some of the things that I found here was that, um, you know, these, these manufacturers uh, knew about a little bit of a flaw, a manufacturing flaw that makes these cars easy to steal. Um, apparently... These particular models that are being stolen, which are models, um, Kia models uh, from 2012 and up, and then Hyundai models from 2015 and up, apparently they have a design flaw that allows them to be stolen easier. Specifically, within seconds, those cars can be compromised and be started with a USB port or even a pocket knife. Uh, oh, hell no. 
right. Like, come on now, y'all. Like, I, you know, you look at these old movies and be like, oh, wow, somebody used a little Jimmy Hammer or a hanger or something like that to get into the car. But now just a simple pocket knife or a USB drive. And we know these kids, they TikTok-in, Snapchat, and they know all the technology. So if they just have having to do a USB stick or do a program or something to steal your car, like, it's over, dog. Yeah. Uh, but, like, <laughs> I thought this was so interesting because Hyundai and Kia, if I'm not mistaken, use similar manufacturing parts. That's alleged, though. I haven't confirmed that information. So I thought it was interesting. Oh, Auntie, do you know something I don't know? So, okay. <laughs> so some of the parts are, are similar, not all. So it, it's not like you can go pick up uh, an alternator from Hyundai and then try to put it in your Kia, Kia Soul or whatever. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, as a Kia owner, um, I have a Kia uh, Seltos, which I love Kia. Um, I will not drive my Kia to New York, though, because, you know, I'm not sure about how, you know, they're stealing out here in the A, but up in up top, they come for your mirrors. All my sisters got Kias and they will jack your mirrors if you're in the Bronx. So I do know. Yeah. <laughs> I do know I don't mess or park my Kia up in, in the Bronx when I go visit my family. However, what they doing out here, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> this But what are they doing with side view mirrors? Like, that's yeah, so it's a hot commodity up there. You know how many chop shops you could get? <laughs> wow, so themselves for their reflection. Listen, it's an easy. It's, easy. it's, it's easy. small. Yep. You can carry it easily. You can steal it. So it may not be the big ticket item, but you get enough of them, you know. Not that I think like a criminal or anything. But I'm just saying, I would rather have to steal a mirror than the whole car. Yeah, it's so crazy. crazy. Now, in response to this, Kia and Hyundai was like, listen, y'all, our 2022 joints got engine immobilizers, but that don't mean nothing for the people that got the 2012 through 22 joints or the 2015 through 22 uh, joints. Uh, so sorry to hear that for y'all. Um, I have yet to decide what kind of car is going to be my new car. I'm transitioning out of what I like to call a hell wagon, a.k.a. a Ford. Um, I might have to get me something German engineered because I just don't see them having as many issues. Not the matter today, maybe something else like an Audi or something like that. But yeah, it's wild out here. The kids is, is the kids are not all right. Um, y'all kids, y'all don't be thinking. No, we're gonna just come out here and get an easy lick. Cause some of us will pull up with a stick, and <laughs> let it hit. All right, these okay. folks ain't going to work all day to pay for things for folks to just come steal it. Absolutely. Yeah, Careful. be warned. I'm not an advocate for you know what I'm saying running upon the kids, but if you think if you're gonna act grown, you're gonna get treated grown. And that's all period. I know you a kid when you breaking in this stuff. Yeah. Period. Period. Talk about it. Speaking of stank behavior, Lil Baby is partnering with Axe to make a new product called Wax. Um, he said, quote, I only do deals that feel authentic to me, said Lil Baby. Being an Axe user myself, coming up with this collaboration for Wax um pack was a natural move for me. Um, this actual new axe is going to come, I think, in the Apollo scent, which I don't know how it smells, because whatever the original axe was, y'all, this shit make, like, I don't have asthma, but it make me feel like I do have asthma. And not that necessarily it smells bad, but it is not, um, it's not the way that I would want to snuggle up to somebody's neck, personally. Um, it is going to come in a platinum metallic pack with laser etch text and rhinestone cap and twist bottom. Uh, the wax wash is an exclusive platinum metallic bottle that they're going to be utilizing. 
um, and it's going to be connected to a chain. So basically, they're going to make you look, I don't know, like little baby while you smell like Axe or now called Wax. I don't listen. I'm I'm proud of him. Get your money. Take these white people money. Uh, run off on the plug as often as you need to. But um, yeah, any of y'all trying to have somebody in your face with the wax on? <laughs> I mean, I personally, I do like the smell of Axe on me. Like, I like wearing it when I'm working out because it has a very strong smell. So if I'm going to be around people, because when I work out, I ain't there for the play play. Um, so <laughs> I like something a little bit extra strong, fresh, whatever. But I also don't like getting too close to anybody or for people to be making eye contact with me when I'm working out. Anyways, that's my own personal issue. Let me move on. Um, I don't understand <laughs> the name Wax. Because it just sounds like, like I don't get that. I don't know too many men who care about having a rhinestone cap on their deodorant or who would wear their deodorant around their neck. Like, why is there a chain? Some of them um, need to. It's I mean, but you know what? It's hot and some people be musty. And so, you know, you might just need to, you know, take, you know, Bam, and it's right there, just easy access, whatever. Or maybe somebody be like, yo, let me help you out. Reach across, you know, psh, psh, put it back on you. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, uh, pay it forward thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Listen, you know, I'm down for utility. Um, I'm a utilitarian person. I don't like to have things that are not useful around me. Um, and that includes people. Um, so if you stink, you know what I'm saying, um, go ahead and get this joint. You can look real cool, real fly, real G-Unit-esque uh, with your wax on and be able to get fresh, uh, freaky fresh, whatever you want to. Um, but yeah, um, enjoy that, y'all. Like I said, I'm glad it's a young black man getting money. And I'm pretty sure what they probably was thinking, we're going to target his demographic with this. Even though I'm pretty sure they already wear acts or they may not wear nothing at all. I'm not going to lie to y'all. These young boys be smelling real... <coughs> Natural. Um, so you know, I think it's a good uh, a good thing. Um, it's a way to move forward in helping the young men uh, who still have streaks in their drawers to get it together. Moving on. Speaking of streaks, Delta's out here burning rubber. Um, a Delta Airlines flight from Hartsville Jackson International Airport actually landed in Los Angeles Airport, experienced some issues as their tires blew up upon landing. The airline said. They actually issued a statement. Um, it says thanks to the flight crews handling during the uh, landing process. Delta Flight 515, operating from Atlanta, arrived safely and came to the rest on the taxiway after a possible issue with some of its tires at Los Angeles International Airport. Customers were deplaned and bused to the terminal. We sincerely apologize to our customers for the inconvenience. And not much else was said. Now, look, you know, I'm not going to lie. I I, um, I have a preference for Delta. Their uh, business and um, the other whatever higher end class is very, very nice. When I've flown internationally, that is my favorite. Um, Delta flies the most places, um, and they also have very tasty wine and treats uh, for you, depending upon what class that you fly in. But this is a little bit unnerving. You know, as of lately, uh, the airline industry has been having to cancel a lot of flights. It's also been extremely high to fly because hashtag gas um, and fuel and stuff like that. But if I get on one of y'all planes <laughs> and shit get to start blowing up, I'm going to blow up. Like, this is not cute. This is not funny. This is not okay. Delta, I expect way better from you. Y'all make way too much goddamn money. Um, I'm going to need y'all to do do better. Like, the Prosecco is cute. The little Pinot Noir that I be getting when I be flying is nice. But if them tires start coming loose, like I'm on 285 at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, 
we're going to have to have a different kind of conversation and different levels of compensation. You're going to have to not only give me my ticket money back, but you got to give me free benefits and flights for the rest of my life because hashtag emotional distress. How would y'all feel if y'all was on a plane and suddenly you hear a bunch of popping noises and the doggone tires is going off um, to the left, to the left? I feel like my worst fear um, will have came true, which is that I am now in a Final Destination movie. <laughs> yes. Y'all know the movies stick with you. I'm to still this day, to I don't drive behind trucks with them logs. Yes. That's right. Yes. That movie. Nope. Just because of that movie, I look at fish tanks sideways, airplanes, everything. You all remember the fish tank, the water cracked, and it, it traveled all like I don't trust nothing because of Final Destination movies. Those movies, but are. I couldn't stop watching them. Yeah. So at that point, I'll be looking around like, what number are you, who is what number? Because you remember it was an order, and Death want to come get. That's how I would feel. I'd be like, oh no, it's happening. Uh-uh. That's me. <laughs> I mean, did they say it was because of the heat? Because I remember there, like over in Europe, like runways were melting literally. Like, so I don't, it's just too hot. Like, it's too damn hot. Again, people out here musty, people out here sweating. You got like wildlife, you got the mosquitoes acting up. It's just, it's too much. It's, it's too, it's too much. So, I'm okay. And there is a serious heat wave going on. Like anybody in Atlanta, and it's not just Atlanta, it's a couple other cities. I don't know specifically which ones, but there's a number of places across the U.S. where there are record high temperatures, record high uh, heat indexes. And yeah, maybe them joints hit the uh, runway and said, nope, not today, Lord, and started melting. Um, I'm melting. Like it's bad out here. And I don't know where them heat waves are coming from. I don't know if the rapture is about to happen or Mother Nature is just sick of us. I don't know what is going on. Um, not only do you need your AC on, AC on, you need a Dyson fan and a hand fan at this point. It's, it's getting really bad, but yeah, Delta, y'all gonna have to uh, stop playing with some extra insurance or something. I need to have a life insurance policy from y'all through y'all. If I'm gonna get on your planes and potentially expect that them tires are gonna blow up, like give me at least a hundred thousand dollars so my family can at least benefit from y'all foolishness, something. Look, they just need to stop borrowing spirits planes. That's what it is. Ah! <laughs> Don't do my Delta Airlines like that. No, they had that the issue a while ago. <laughs> I miss that. Oh, hell. And you can't. Okay, there is no tricking me onto another spirit airline flight. I will never. One, Why? One, what happened? What, when I flew spirit? Yeah. What didn't happen? Um, yeah, it's oh horrible. God. It's horrible. And I flew all the way to Vegas. It's oh, a four and a half hour flight from here, girl. Uh, absolutely, couldn't walk straight. Like the whole time I was in Vegas, them cramped up owls and seats. I'm not even a tall woman. Yeah, my knees were in pain First for off. the next like week and a half. Flight delayed going out. Flight delayed coming back. Ain't no snacks. They don't even give you water. You gotta pay to check your bags. And so it's like it seems cheap, but with all the add-ons and the fees and all that, it's like nah. You might as well just flown with the real. Airline. It was like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a traveling bus. It's a flying bus. And if you got a big ass like myself, okay, them little ass seats ain't gonna work. So you gotta, you have to buy what they call this big ass chair. Like I think it's called a big chair. Yeah, that's real. And that's their that's real first class. <laughs> yeah, I, I kid you not. And ain't Spirit and Frontier? They, I think they did a merger recently. This is going to be very interesting. 
And for those who've been flying long enough, y'all remember back in the day when AirTran was the cheap flying? I would gladly take AirTran over what y'all talking about at this point. AirTran was really not that bad. It was just cheap. And they snacks wasn't that great. But if I got to fly cheap, bring Air, hashtag bring back AirTran because Frontier and Spirit is out here playing games with folks. This is too much. I can't. It's horrible. Oh, child, moving on. Now, this one is not um, as funny of a story. Um, it's a young lady, uh, 28-year-old, Brianna Marie Greer, unfortunately uh, died after sustaining injuries after allegedly jumping out of a moving police vehicle in Atlanta recently. Uh, she was airlifted to Brady for head injuries and unfortunately um, remained in a coma and then died shortly after because they had to take her off of the uh, life support uh, because they had confirmed that she was unfortunately brain dead. It says here that she was allegedly experiencing a mental experiencing a mental health episode, specifically a schizophrenic episode, at the time of her arrest, which is why her mother had called the police to try to come assist. Um, and it made me think about the fact that we oftentimes call the police for things that police are really not prepared to handle. Um, and this is one of those unfortunate situations where somebody's life was lost. Um, it's also noted. I also noted that the situation is a bit odd because. Doors on police cars are supposed to be tightly shut, and I'm pretty sure that this young lady was bound with handcuffs. So how she was able to escape from the car is a little bit weird, and the family also said something similar. Uh, they mentioned that they feel like someone let her out of the car. Uh, otherwise, many other people who are in custody or police custody could probably jimmy their ways out or shimmy their ways out or let themselves out of the car. And there's actually an investigation underway by the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Um, we're definitely gonna keep an eye on this, but rest in peace, uh, Brianna Marie Greer. This is a very beautiful black woman. She had two children, so the two children left without a mother at this point. Um, but I just wanted to, to bring that up to, again, bring awareness to how important it is to, first of all, be present in your mental state. Um, take medication if you are prescribed medication, if it is making sense for you. And just check on each other. Make sure we take care of each other. And also remember that the police are not always equipped to handle mental health situations. That is technically not their job. And so if you have somebody in your life that is suffering from uh, mild to even extreme mental illness related issues, try to figure out ways that you can support them without always bringing law enforcement into the situation and circumstance. Because like I said, it's a little bit odd that she managed to get out of a locked vehicle while it was in motion to even sustain the industry, uh, injuries that she did sustain. And so I hope that the GBI is able to figure out exactly what happened. And I hope the police do not end up in a situation where they are guilty of negligence um, on behalf of this young lady um, and families, yeah, just be careful calling the police on your family members that are having mental health episodes because it can unfortunately end in this way. Uh, with that said, that's Atlanta News, and I'm going to hand it back over to Auntie Nick. Uh-oh, Auntie Nick, we can't hear you, girl. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, I think uh, Kaylee had some comments on that last story. Mm. Um. Yes, so, I mean, I yeah. You basically covered everything, but um, yeah, it's just definitely sad. I'm interested to see um, where this investigation goes. It is being investigated, as you mentioned, by the GBI. Um, the original story that I saw said that she jumped out of the car. Um, another source said that she fell out the car. Um, so I'm definitely interested to know um, exactly what happened because, again, as Auntie Kirby said, um, those cop cars should be locked from the inside. Um, there's no way that she should have been able to kick her way out of the, the police vehicle or anything like that. Um, so it sounds like possibly um, if she fell out of the car or was able to push her way out of the car, that the car was not properly secured. Um, so I hope that there is no cover up. I hope that the police officers um, are honest. Um, 
and that we can get to the bottom of this is, is definitely unfortunate. And as you stated, um, this woman, she did suffer from schizophrenia. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure how long she suffered from that condition, but again, her family, I, I wish more people, you need to start calling an ambulance. You need to call a medical health professional. Uh, police officers are not equipped to handle someone who is going through a mental health episode. Um, they are going to arrest your loved one nine times out of 10. And definitely if they're presenting as a danger to others in the home or to law enforcement, um, and we do know people who suffer from schizophrenia, they have hallucinations, delusions. They don't recognize that it's a police officer. Um, and so you could end up with your loved one being hauled off to jail. You can end up with them end up getting tased um, or being harmed or hurt in some other way. But at the end of the day, they're not getting the help that they truly need, which would be um, treatment. So I don't know, Auntie Nick, if you have something to say um, with your background. Yeah, yeah. Y'all know this was very close, near and dear to my heart for obvious reasons. But um, y'all pretty much said it all. Um, my main thing is stop calling the police if you don't want them to police the situation. Yeah. Um, it's important to know your mental health crisis hotlines in your area, who to call. Also, it's important to know, call the doctor. If someone is on that level of schizophrenia, they have a doctor. Call the doctor. But if you feel threatened or in danger, that is when you call the police. But they are going to police. Um, I don't know what the same day um, Kaylee said. Some reports are saying she fell out the car. Some are saying she jumped out. Some say it was moving. Some don't specify. I guess the investigation will um, tell it all. Um, all in all, mental health management is very important um, on the front end so that it doesn't escalate to this point. So when you see your loved one not taking their meds, not managing things, that's when you need to call the doctor. Right. And manage it, not when it has gotten to this point of out of being out of control, and now everybody's looking at each other for answers. Mm -hmm. Um, stop. I guess I'm gonna step on my soapbox for one second. People got to stop expecting the police to be experts in every field. Mm -hmm. They got to know every piece of the law, even though they ain't been in law school. They got to know how to manage every mental health crisis, even though they are not mental health professionals. Mm -hmm. um, they got to know every language, every uh, neighborhood. Like It's like they got to know too much to not be trained in that. And I promise you, if they go to school for all of that, they're not going to be a police officer at the end of it. Mm -hmm. They're not going to go to medical school to make you happy and then go risk their life out on the street every day. They're going to go work in the hospital. Mm -hmm. So you got to be understanding of what police do, what they are able to do, and what they're not able to do and have realistic expectations. And, and if you called them, understand you called them and they came. So don't get mad when you call them and then they come in police. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... It's tragedy, tragic though. Maybe we can learn something from this in the end when all the information comes out, hopefully. Well, I know on the West Coast, I believe it was Oregon um, where they established like a separate uh, crew that would go out that was specified for mm -hmm. events like that for mental health episodes or just community issues that didn't yeah. fall under 
you know, crime or maintaining the peace or keeping the peace or, or whatever. Um, we need that. We need organizations like that. I don't know where the funding would come, um, but there are millions of dollars that are being funded into a lot of programs that have no use, um, that are being misused um, or whatever. Uh, but we need to start uh, spending more of our federal money and our state money and our tax dollars um, in mental health, uh, mental health awareness, treatment, facilities, um, and treatment centers. Uh, we honestly do need those because there's a lot of people who aren't able to, family members who aren't able to meet the needs of their schizophrenic or bipolar or um, loved one who's otherwise suffering from mental illness or disability. Um, we definitely do not have enough community resources to help um, that uh, percentage or that part of our population. It's unfortunate. I'm also confused as to why the Hancock County police were picking her up in Atlanta. I don't even know where Hancock County is. So Yeah, that, I, I don't know. <laughs> I do know sometimes some some um county and cities are weird. Like for example, in Rockdale County, you have some parts of Ellenwood are falling Rockdale, Stockbridge are in Rockdale, even though Rockdale is mostly Conyers. In some parts of Covington, it's like those little weird outlying areas. So it may be city of Atlanta, but it may have fought. I don't know where Hancock County is either specifically, but perhaps it, it was something like that. Sparta, Georgia, Zebulon, uh, Devereaux, not far from Monticello. Um, okay, so she was in Sparta, but she was taken to Grady. Okay, okay. I misunderstood. Okay. How far is okay? You know what? That's <laughs> it is. Yeah. I know where that area is now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A little past Eatonton, so it's like if you were almost like if you were going to Athens, but then went the opposite direction when you got off of twenty. Not too far from Macon. Not too far from. Yeah. My family's from Monticello, so that's yeah. Gotcha. And it's like Milledgeville, Monticello, Macon area. Yeah. That seems like a really far way to take someone, like all the way to Grady. That's the close. Pretty well, far. Um, have mental health hospitals in that part of Georgia that could handle her case and yeah. I don't know. If, uh, well that was after she fell out the car so she was being treated for her head injuries. Oh well then yeah some of these articles are unclear uh as to they, as they airlifted her right after she okay those injuries so they airlifted her maybe they were on the way to a closer yeah. one maybe in Macon um and then after that they were like oh we gotta take you to Grady for the trauma yeah center in georgia so right. we, we just worked that out for y'all so <laughs> <laughs> i will say this i am glad i think that having these conversations is really important because like for example auntie kirby you would have went in on them officers before immediately and i think you were ready to i know we talked about this the other day and i think that sometimes when you share perspective you can kind of see things from different from different angles at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we're here, y'all. So y'all can, we can start these conversations, have them. And like Auntie Kayla just said, try to come up with a solution. Can we have an, uh, an established routine for people to go to when they have these situations instead of calling law enforcement and there's no immediate threat to anyone's safety, you know? So I'm, I'm really happy here. This, this, this made me happy because I was ready for you to go off. Um, no, there was no. Well, I mean, there's no evidence to do so in this situation because we don't really know exactly what the officers did. 
And also at the end of the day, we have to remember, even when I am going off on somebody or a group of folks or whatever, because there's a couple of folks coming to go off on in the rest of the episode. Um, these are human beings. We are human beings. Um, we are not perfect. We're not going to get every single situation, um, every single traumatic situation, or even every single good situation right. We're not always going to react in a way that is best. We're going to react as what we are as human beings. And that is just something that we have to be okay with. Now, does that save you from the wrath um, of tongue lashing from myself and others? Absolutely not. But what it does save you from is just this long-term judgment around your behavior. Because at the end of the day, I'm not a police officer. I don't know how to police and I have no intentions of being one because I don't care about y'all that much. Um, but yeah, this is a hard job. And I even think back to some of my experiences where I've been carjacked or been in situations where I needed to call the police. And the conversations I've had with some of those police officers, part of the reason why, even though I go off on them, I'm a huge advocate for paying police more because one of the police that was helping me during my carjacking was an ex-Marine, served his country, and had been with APD for six years and had never gotten a raise. Was out here putting his life on the line, having guns pulled on him, getting called everything but a child of God. But you can't give somebody a little bit more money. Y'all got money to, again, y'all got money to send Ukraine billions of dollars, but we can't get no more pay for these teachers, for these cops, and for emergency personnel, and we can't get no money for these student loans. The math ain't math and there's pepper in the milk. So yeah, I you know, it's about understanding someone's humanity. Now, in this situation, there was not enough evidence or information in the articles and research that I did to say that the police need to be cussed out about this situation. Fair enough. Moving on. <laughs> All right, so that's what's going on in Atlanta. All right, y'all, we're gonna get into the rest of the non-Atlanta stories. First up. <sighs> Deep breath before we talk about you know who. All right, we got the outtakes, y'all, from your former president, Donald Trump's video. He was asked to film video condemning the actions of the rioters. I call them traitors. Um, after their January 6th attacks on our nation's capital. During the video, y'all, it, it was a mess. Um, it took over an hour to film about three minutes worth of tape. Donald Trump in the outtakes, you see, he keeps stopping. He's angry. He's weirdly banging on the podium in frustration. He doesn't want to say what's on the teleprompter. Then he says he can't see the teleprompter. Um, he wants to change the verbiage. I don't want to call them this. I don't want to say they were wrong. I don't want to do that. It's like he, he was very strategic in what he said because he didn't want to anger the rioters because he seemed to anyway um he uh i did write down some of the words he said in the end um because he he refused to concede and say that the election was over and he said go home we love you you're very special to the rioters so I want to ask you ladies, how did you feel about the outtakes? Did you think they were funny? Um, did it disturb you? Um, or do you think that he did what he needed to do and that his final you know, work was great? Now, Nick, you know none of us <laughs> think that. <laughs> what you got, Auntie? Trump is a stone fool. He been a damn idiot. Um, this just is further evidence of what we all know, believe 
Um, I have never, I mean, I've never thought to think about a president having to go through a speech or practicing a speech, um, but to see it, it was just so odd. And it was funny, like presidential outtakes. Like I just never thought about that. I'm sure it happens, but I mean, yeah. Um, also, Auntie Nick, he also stated that the word yesterday uh, was difficult for him to pronounce and he wanted that <laughs> removed from the speech. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely not surprised by anything. Um, all the stuff that he wanted removed as far as like not conceding the election, um, not wanting to go too hard um, on reprimanding those um, who were part of this coup, because that's what it was, or attempted coup. Um, you know, um, Donald Trump, you know, we got, we won the reality TV president. That's exactly how that looked. It looked fake. It looked like reality TV. It looked like a man pretending to be president. Um, I can't believe that he actually was our president. And I can't wait for him to go to prison. I love it. I love it. Kirby, what you got? I mean, beyond the video, though, some of what was revealed throughout these investigations around the January 6th uh, situation was that Trump was actually sitting just waiting while things were happening to say anything, to do anything. I think about an hour, it was about an hour and a half into the situation before he even um, decided to uh, jump up into action. And even then he didn't do very much. I'm not surprised at these outtakes. I mean, obviously, like Auntie Kaylee said, he's a stone fool, an idiot, um, and uh, a peon, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I just, I don't have any more energy for him. I am in a very different space in my life. I don't have anger for that man because I already know who he is and what he's about. Um, and similar to Auntie Kaylee, I'm just ready for somebody to lock him up. Lock him up, okay? You had all that energy for Hillary, which I'm not going to lie to you. You know, she might be allegedly a war criminal, but that's a conversation for another day. But you and her need to be going ahead and go ahead and stripping and get into your orange suits together. Maybe they can put y'all in the same cell. How about that? Yo, yo, what you got for us? Uh, I agree. Lock Lord Voldemort up. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so like, the, the the we we knew we knew we knew what we were getting into when them people elected him into office. Um, <laughs> well, um, and to you know we've seen this in movies. Like I don't know if you guys or shows you watched American Horror Story. Um, I think it was. <laughs> Eisenhower and Nixon when they were, you know, the aliens and, you know, kind of covering up and, you know, having to do these stage talks and, you know, practice these speeches. Get the fuck out of here. Like, you know, we know you're trying to avoid it. We know, you know, they are your pocket, you know, fund your pockets. So you got, got to keep it cute. That's why you call them special. Um, but yeah, lock them all the way, blow the jail up, then dig them up, run them over with that elephant and his crew, and then toss it back into the ground. I don't care. But yeah, somebody need to get this out of here. Sorry. And may I just say one more thing? When Martin Luther King was out here trying to tell you poor white people to stop playing games with your rich white cousins, come on, and all let him get assassinated. This is this is this is this is this is history happening again. Puppets. And Trump already told y'all that he would run as a Republican because y'all are stupid. And how you don't seem to believe it, maybe you think that video from, I think it was Phil Donahue or something way back in the day, 
or one of them other white uh, anchors or something like that, Peter Jennings and them, where he said that he do not care about y'all, okay? Yeah. He don't care about you. All he cares yeah. about is getting y'all riled up, getting you to vote. And he's going to lead you to the valley of the shadow of death because, see, you're not dealing with our aunties and our uncles and our grandmas and our grandpas again. We are gun owners now, okay? Yeah. So please don't come to me with that foolishness. Please don't do that because I'm an American as well and I will defend myself, okay? I just want to have one request before they blow up the jail that Donald Trump goes in. Can he mm -hmm. stay in there at least long enough for the, the tan to wear off and the hair dye to grow out? And I just want to see how he looks like when he's not all dolled up. I want to see that. I want to have that as my last image of him, you know? Lord Voldemort. Yeah. That's what it's going to look like. Then it's going to disappear. It's going to be opaque. <laughs> the, um... One of the other funniest parts of this video is his daughter getting frustrated in the back. She was so through with him. Like, Yvonne, wasn't it Ivanka? Yeah. She just take like, it out. Just, just take it out. out. Just, okay, whatever. <laughs> just, just finish this damn video, Dad. Um, <clears throat> speaking of famous dads, Pastor T.D. Jakes. Father God. <sighs> Had a very interesting... Um, sermon go viral um so he feels that society is doomed because women are being raised to be men um and and uh i think everybody thought this sermon just happened but it was actually a father's day sermon um td jakes talked about uh, women being raised to be men not being praised for their femininity um he went as far as to use the adam and eve example as to warn people of what happens when uh women lead men um, he went on to talk about men um, are meant to pour into women and women are only receivers. Um, Jake urged, Jake's urged fathers to commit to their roles as providers and being present for their families and not only giving money. Um, he addressed several other topics, um, including mothers using child support against their fathers um, and being better husbands and fathers and wives than mothers. So... Y'all, this was a long sermon. It was a whole lot that they went over and talked about. Can't cover it all right here, but y'all saw it, and we encourage everyone who's watching, if you haven't seen it, take a look at it. I got to know, what did y'all think, Kirby? It looked like you chomping at the bit to start, so go ahead. <laughs> you know, as a person raised as a Baptist, um, I understand what he was trying to say. Mm-hmm. And what he was trying to communicate as relates to being a Christian, being a Christian wife, Christian husband, Christian parents, etc. But I need to call my elders to the front of the congregation for this real quick. Y'all have got to recognize that you are pushing millennials out of the church because you don't know how to use words appropriately. It would have been very easy for you to communicate this without trying to isolate and ostracize a group of women who for all intents and purposes, even based on the rhetoric that you are preaching, have been forced into a position of hyper-independence. The order of the quote-unquote black family, the sociological order that he is talking about, is not being destroyed because black women are hyper-independent. It's being destroyed because black men are hyper-dependent. Um, and I understand that that hurts. Truth hurts. 
the same way that it is very painful for us oftentimes to have to be hyper independent in order to pick up the slack that you all are leaving behind. Now, don't get me wrong. It is true. Black women do have an issue with coddling black men and allowing them to come into their space, into their homes and into their bodies and cause disruption and destruction. So that is an area where we do need to improve and stop allowing dustiness and cobwebs into our spaces. Simultaneously, black women did not make black men walk away from us after reconstruction because this started long before 10 or even 50 years ago. After we were released from slavery and free from slavery, black men started running off then. Black men started abandoning their families then and have been consistent with that behavior since then and also seem to have this serious issue with wanting to have someone submit to you and follow your instructions when you are clearly leading me down a road of destruction because you don't have anything. And the last thing I will say, um, or sec possibly second to last thing I will say, I need T.D. Jakes and many other men like him to remember that the things that you preach and you talk about need to be reflected in your life. And as far as what I have observed, your ability to be an effective father is in question. You have five children, three of which are sons who most people do not know about. And the two daughters that we do know about, one is accused of stealing children and the other one managed to get pregnant at 13 years old. So if you are an effective father, I'm not sure how all of those things transpire and why your sons are not involved in your ministry. So it's very confusing to me. And I have a lot of respect for T.D. Jakes because he is a really good orator and a great storyteller, but he is also still a human being at the end of the day. So I'm not interested in your rhetoric around what women, specifically black women, should be doing right now, because I would love someone to have a real interview with your wife about what it's like to be your wife and the first lady of your church and find out if you are being an effective husband and an effective father as relates to the rhetoric that you are preaching. And the last thing that I think I would like to address is just the collective of black men. Black women do not hate you all for the most part. Black women actually really love you and have been the ones that have been caping for you and letting you sleep on their sofa and not making you pay bills and not holding you accountable for your emotional rampage, your lack of emotional uh, attentiveness to us. We have been treating all of you, be it a boyfriend, a husband, brother, like sons, since we got free from slavery. So it is in our best interest for our own personal survival to leave y'all alone. Now, is it okay to tell a man, I don't need you. I'm independent. I make all my own money. What do I need you for? No, that's boastful. It's not kind to do that. But the truth is the truth. And none of the statements that the women who are communicating this to you are untruthful. There are some realities around the fact that you all are behind academically, financially, socially, and emotionally. And until you all take the time to address that, what's going on inside of you and stop blaming black women for your poor decisions, you're going to continue to be in this state of confusion that you're in and this upsetness and this bitterness and this anger and this anger. If you want to be an effective leader, you have to go within. You cannot blame other folks for fucking up your kingdom. Ooh. Let the church say amen. <laughs> amen. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, yo, you got anything? Fair to us, so here we are. Um, I, I think you brought a good point up, like, right? It's, it comes down to decisions, you know. He pointed out, like, we, you know, did the whole water in the cup, and when the, the pitcher is empty, you can't fill the cup, so therefore you can't fill yourself up, and no one's pouring into you. Um, 
who do who do we point fingers at for that? Right? You know, are we saying, oh, well, it's the women for not receiving that, but who's pouring into the man to make sure that he's able to pour into this woman? You know, um, and why why are we why are we isolating um saying that we're we as women are I don't know, like, let me gather my thought for a second, because, you know, me, I'm coming from a perspective of being raised by a woman. Um, My father wasn't there. Um, I'm also a gay woman um, and can be seen as a masculine presenting woman. So, you know, I immediately was like, wait, hold on. You know, I, I don't, I don't come off across like I don't need a guy, you know, or a man or in my life. I actually welcomed my dad back in, you know, um, but he wasn't there pouring into his family. He was pouring into someone else's family, you know, pouring into himself. Um, so who points the finger? Where do we gather these these thoughts and, you know, these roles from? We didn't have to. I wouldn't have had to be independent if I had someone to depend on, you know, um, I look at my sisters, right? Who, coming from a household of mostly girls, um, I have a little brother, I have older brothers, um, but I have a lot of sisters who now have a lot of boys. They're raising young men. And some of their fathers are present, yes, um, but they're not pouring into their sons. My sisters are pouring into them. So when 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 do we decide, right? Or when do you they decide as men to chalk up what they're taught or what they lacked or what whatever has happened to them and say, you know what, I'm, since I didn't receive this, I'm going to make sure they receive it. And we cut that tie off. When's the, when's, when, when, when do we make those decisions? Um, so instead, since we're not making those decisions, we as women have to then do that um, and still try to pull, you know, them in, you know, for, 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 uh, love, for support. Um, and to your point, when you said, you know, there, there are women out there who are dangling, you know, that thought, oh, I gotta, you know, I need the child support. I need you to, to, to help raise these kids. Who poured into them? What cycle are they used to seeing? So it's, it's a lot of, it comes down to decisions for me. And, and to my last point is let's remove these titles of this masculine and feminine, you know, situation. We all have it in us, right? Where's the balance there? Why do I have to have a provider? Why, why can't we both be a provider, right? Why do we have to have these labels there? Um, and, and once we remove those and get back to that balance, we wouldn't have these conversations. We wouldn't have to pour in because people are constantly pouring into each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Um, to point or blame, I guess, women and their role in this is absolutely ridiculous um, and the wrong approach. It's not our fault that Black women are killing the game. It's not our fault that Black women are the most highest educated, highly educated group of people in America. It's not our fault that we are out here getting it um, on our own and out here buying our own cars by ourselves, buying our own houses, taking care of kids by ourselves. That is not our fault that we are doing that. Um, 
as a single woman with no children, I would love nothing more than have someone, a partner, uh, definitely to help uh, partner up with me and paying some of these goddamn bills. I would love that. That would be awesome. Um, I want someone who's equally yoked. How about that? How about we both bring something to the table? How about we partner up and we both make compromises? How about we work together as a team to grow and build something together? How about we get on the same page as far as our mental health? Because I see a lot out here with black women talking about uh, trying to start businesses, trying to, um, you know, thinking of ways of investing and diversifying your portfolio, talking about mental health, talking about therapy, talking about medication, talking about all of this. I see black women talking about this all the time. And it is rare that I see black men talking about that, especially to other black men. What are y'all doing? What are y'all doing to help and treat your mental health? Or are you just willing to stay in your cycle of trauma where you want to be infantilized and babied by your mother, your sisters, your girlfriends, your wives, whatever, or that your, your emotional capacity is so limited that you can only put it into one or two things and then you completely neglect everything else. What are y'all doing? Because we are, we are over here juggling all of these plates and then y'all want a, a hand clap, a pat on the back, a cooked meal, the biggest piece of chicken. For what? For what? I done 15 things today. You did too. Now, if that's the arrangement we came up with, cool. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I don't know a single woman who's out here hustling hard. Well, there's someone who just, you know, whatever. They hustle as they like hustling. But I know a lot of women who would love partnership, love um, just someone that they can pour themselves into and also be supported emotionally um, as they journey and take their journey through life and have that support by someone who honestly loves them and cherishes them and adores them. How about that being the message, a message of love? And how about loving someone outside of yourself? Because there's a lot of selfish ass men out here who love themselves and only dedicate their time, energy, and money into what benefits them or what entertains them. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about it, too. I mean, well, ladies, I think y'all hit some very, very intricate points. I'm, <laughs> y'all admit it. Man, really quick, though. Let me also provide some context for people that may be listening or watching. T.D. Jakes did not just address women. Part of that Father's Day sermon was also about letting men know that you have that real men for a like uh, as Nick was saying, and that they need to step up. Um, I just feel like he made a misstep in the language that he utilized. It's just, I mean, he's an older black man, and we know how older black people can be sometimes. You know, it's how I want to say it and how I want to do it. Um, but it wasn't just um, vitriolic towards women who take care of themselves. It was also to ask the men to do better. Um, but again, I'm just confused how you can ask people to do better when you're not doing that well yourself. I'm sorry, it's making <laughs> No problem. Um, the only thing that I, I want to say that, again, and this is personal to me, um, and, and specifically how I was raised, the part where about he said something about make me feel like you don't need me, um, hmm. wanting to be needed. I don't subscribe to that. Um, I don't want somebody to feel like they with me because they need me. 
and I don't want to be with somebody because I need them. Um, when I had this conversation, because my dad was there and had these conversations with me, um, and I specifically remember him saying to me um, in the conversation about why he and my mom chose to get married and why him specifically on his side made the choice to marry my mother. Um, he said, it, it, were we best friends? Of course. Were we in love? Duh. You know, did we like being around each other? Obviously. Um, you know, did we have a lot in common? Sure. But he said the deciding factor for me in marrying her, knowing that if I did that, we would procreate together, mm -hmm. is simply that she don't need me. Hmm. She don't need me. And the reason, one of the reasons that was important is because the reality is he knew I could walk out the door and get hit by a bus and die any day. I need to know she doesn't need me. Mm -hmm. She can go on. She will be okay. She can take care of our children. She can move on with her life, provide positive example for them, get them through that. And it need to be vice versa. He don't need her. She don't need him. They may be better together. Mm -hmm. They may work well together. Every day they get up, though, to this day, they're still together and happily married. It's a choice. I'm not with you because, God, I can't do nothing else. If I leave him, what I'm going to do? You want somebody with you because they need you? You don't even have to like somebody to need them. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Yeah. And needs warrant expectations. Come on, somebody. So. See? So that part, I just would like people to think a little bit more about that. It sounds cute. I need you. That's a problem to me. Yeah. I don't want no man talking about he need me. That 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 will make me quickly go the other way. So that part um did kind of shake me because that, that you're looking for validation in a weird way. You want somebody to make you feel needed. Why do you need that? Why do you need to feel needed? Right. If you don't, if that person doesn't need you, does that take away from any of the other stuff that goes into your relationship? Why is that such a big thing? A lot of times that comes with people wanting control. Because if you need me, I can hold that over you. And that, uh, anyway, Ooh. I'm not going to take that out. But that, that's the part that really um, got to me. And I do agree uh, with what he talked about being present. Um, specifically fathers, because we are just being real more often than not, that's who ain't there. If it's a parent missing. Mm -hmm. Um and there's a difference between being a good dad and a good husband. And the other thing, and we'll talk about this on a later episode in more depth. I also don't like when people talk about being, he's a, he's not a good boyfriend or husband, but he's a great father. I personally don't feel like you could be a great father if you're not a great husband. That um, part. Or not a husband, period. I feel like great is, a, it words mean things, as y'all always hear me say. Great means something now you can be an adequate father meaning that you do everything you're supposed to do you know and you 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 get the job done but that doesn't mean you've achieved greatness that that's that's a very specific level so 
and that may hurt some people's feelings because they feel like they are a great dad. And I would just challenge them to explain why they're what what is great about what they do as a father or have done. Um, because I, I would I would assume that most of it would be bare minimum things that you're supposed to do as a parent. <laughs> and maybe that's the problem. Maybe people think that bare minimum things are above and beyond now because people are just not doing them. Um, but yeah, anyway, that was the TD Jake story. Y'all listen to the sermon for yourself. Like I said, it's, a, it's long. We can't discuss every bit of it here right now, but it's very interesting. So if y'all see any other sermons by TD Jakes or any other pastors that look interesting, let us know. All right, moving on. TikTok star Lip Gloss mm, um, has been dragged online after she made a now viral, as she puts on her lip gloss, viral video talking and joking about her 4C textured hair. Now, for those of y'all who don't know about 4 there you go, Auntie Kirby would demonstrate. It is a very thick, coarse, curly um, texture of hair, most associated with women of color, black women. Um, she joked about um, society not accepting her 4C texture hair, joked about how she can um, only pull white men with her hair. Um, black men lost their shit um, after she said this. Some even went as far, y'all, as to make dating profiles with her picture on it to prove that black men are attracted to and want to be with women that look like her. I have my thoughts. I will let y'all go first. Auntie Kaylee, is this, do you agree with her? Is this okay? What you got? I mean, there's nothing to agree or disagree with because she was talking about her personal experience. And so if she's out there and she's in the in the community or she's online or whatever, and that's who's hitting her up um, and that's who's most uh, who she finds are most attracted to her or she gets the most play from, then that's her experience. So I don't know why anybody was mad and you cannot agree or disagree with disagree or agree with someone's like life experience. Um, if you think she's lying, I mean, I, why are you even thinking that hard about it? Um, also, I'm going to need all of us to just, like black men or the people who are up in arms, let's please stop acting like we don't live in a colorist uh, society. Let's n stop acting like black community does not exalt light-skinned women with the good hair and all of that as a, a black woman who was called black and ugly and dark and ugly and all that when I was younger. And maybe some people might be thinking that now when I'm walking down the street. I don't give a fuck, actually, because I know my beauty and I know my worth. However, that was very hurtful when I was coming up. But... Mm -hmm. I've always maintained that white people, <laughs> they don't see, for the most part, they don't really see the shades and the, the the good hair and the bad hair. They see us as black. Like, they just see a black person. Um, and Lip Gloss is a darker-skinned woman. Um, she does have shorter hair. Um, and let's not act like that is on the, the L'Oreal commercials or there's a whole bunch of movies, black movie stars who are dark-skinned women rocking the short um, hair styles or anything like that and definitely not the the four four b four c textures you don't see that you don't see them in music videos you don't see them on the the, the gossip sites when they're always putting those women up whatever when they're fashion nova <laughs> bullshit whatever that nonsense is you don't see them with a bunch of dark-skinned women that they're touting um with short hair and afros you do not see that 
So, I mean, I am not surprised that white men would look at her and she is a very attractive young woman and be like, she is a beautiful black woman. I'm going to send her a message. Um, the fact that black men are upset, be mad at yourself. Because how many women have you used uh, that insult as you're dark, you're ugly, or cockroach, or, or whatever? How many times? Or how many light-skinned girls have you pined after and you thought they were cute? And it wasn't that they were cute. No, they were just light-skinned. They had quote-unquote good hair. Like, let's stop acting like that's not an issue in our community. And leave that girl alone. That's what I got to say about that. Here it is. Um, I think you get some definitely good points on that one. Kirby, what you got? This just caught stars up so much in me. I cut my hair off when I was 16 because of damage from relaxers. And I remember my grandmother saying, people are going to think that you're a boy and they're going to call you nappy-headed. And I was like, okay. Um, and shout out to Indy Reed for the song, I Am Not My Hair, which is what prompted me to cut my hair. And watching her videos of her being her natural self was what inspired me. You know what? I'm a half Nigerian woman. This is how my hair goes out of my head. Um, if you don't like me in my natural state, you don't like me at all. So we can just, you know, move on from that. It also drums up uh, a situation where there was a rapper who looked similar to Kodak Black was on Vlad TV talking about how he didn't want to be with a dark skinned woman because he didn't want to pull black hair baby. I want a black hair baby. Um, and just how hurtful it was to watch that because this man was as dark as the darkest chocolate that you could see. Very beautiful black man. But for him to have that level of internalized anti-blackness um, and texturism was hurtful to watch. Um, also, black men collectively on the internet, I'm not going to say all of you all because, you know, y'all get really emotional when we say black men. And we're only talking about the ones who have committed said whatever treachery. Uh, but even those of you who have not committed treachery, you get up in your teenage emotions when we say all of you. So some of the black men that were responding to lip gloss the way that they did is from a place of hurt and also from a place of arrogance and ego because you don't want anybody to check you about your collective behavior. Um, there have been a number of instances in my own life where I've experienced, matter of fact, recently I was at C. Ellett's uh, Steakhouse at the Battery and a very older but handsome white gentleman walked up to me and I was looking cute. I had a very beautiful light blue dress on. Um, and had my hair co-opted as I oftentimes do in the way that it is today and my beautiful pink lipstick and I was enjoying a steak and he walked up to me and gently placed his hand on my shoulder, um, which I was about to become offended about, but he said, you look absolutely beautiful tonight. And I was like, thank you. And he just walked away. It wasn't no weirdness. It wasn't no, you need to give me your number. You need to go home with me. None of that. And that is a softness that I don't get to experience very often, respectfully, from black men. Black men that have tend to interact with me, whether it be online, Tinder, Hinge, all of that, is very much transactional in a lot of situations. And I'm not saying that all of you are like that, but based on the numbers and as a data analyst, it's a lot of you all who do not like Black women with 4B, 4C textured hair. You call us nappy-headed, you call us ugly, sometimes even a monkey, like you said, a cockroach, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you look just like me. <laughs> So you hate yourself. I like, and and again, that's what that's what hurts me more than the insults is that you really genuinely hate yourself. You have no love and no pride for who you are. And then on top of that, you came from a nappy-headed fat black woman. So how dare you? <laughs> like, also again, like show me your mama's picture, big mama, your arm. Show me your mother's picture and tell me that she don't look like a woman that you hate. So y'all hate y'all mamas. You hate your sisters. You know, it's just deeply unfortunate. And one last thing, you know, with these, uh, with the whole white men being attracted 
I've noticed in my life, white men like three types of black women. You either look like Naomi Campbell, you're a natural black woman who shows her natural beauty, or you're a nerdy black woman. Those are the three black types of black women that I see that white men overwhelmingly flock to. Women that a black man can't entice, i.e. the model types, the natural haired women that y'all don't like, and the nerdy black women that you all are disgusted by because she's too quirky and she's too weird. So, you know, the same way that y'all be talking about black women are complicated and difficult and not submissive, and that's why we go to quote-unquote white women or Latina women um, to get away from you all, y'all gonna keep on playing, and black women are gonna be waking up to the fact that there are other types of men out here other than you all. And it's not that we, again, that we hate you or that we don't want you, but a lot of y'all don't want us. So what is a woman to do? I personally am gonna go where I'm complimented, treated well, treated respectfully, um, and not... Uh, proposition for sex uh, when I didn't make that a part of the conversation um, and where I am taken to the places that I know I already know uh, deserve. I date myself so that I can never, so that I do not forget how to be treated. So it's not even just about money. It's just about, are you willing to put forth the effort to treat me the way in which I already know how I want to be treated and how I treat myself? Is it worth my time to invest with you to even have conversations with you, knowing that you are not going to stimulate me intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, physically, or financially. What is the purpose at that point? So yeah, uh, back to the point of lip gloss. Uh, she wasn't really lying, and you know, a hit dog will holler. Um, thing I want to say in regard to this is to the men who made the profile. <coughs> Excuse me about that. And this comes back to, y'all don't know what it means when we say protect black women. Because what you did, you thought you were proving a point. What you did was expose that young woman to a bunch of predators online without her permission or knowledge. She did not create those profiles. She did not agree to those profiles. Y'all don't understand how dangerous it is for women in this world and the things that we have to navigate and deal with that y'all do not. As a woman online, not responding to someone who has become obsessed with you or feels that you owe them some type of response because they messaged you, that puts her in danger. Mm -hmm. um, if you did interact with anyone on there, that puts her in danger. Just them now seeing her and having her as a target puts her in danger. And imagine walking down the street, and this is why catfishing is so dangerous in and of itself. Imagine walking down the street and having someone who you have not, no idea who they are or where they know you coming and accosting you, attacking you, confronting you because of your interaction with them online that was not you. Or feeling that they, now they want to throw acid on you or something because you didn't respond to them the way they thought you should have on that profile that you created and you have no idea about it. This lady has no idea. That is wrong. That is wrong on so many levels. And it is a very violating feeling if that ever happened to you. Um, this is why a lot of women get off of uh, online dating because of the crazy men um, that they, they uh, encounter on there. So I feel like for all of y'all who was in the amen corner with him, y'all lost. Got a loss, and y'all might need to go watch the TD Jake sermon hmm. and, and maybe pick something up. I don't know, 
but that that really rubbed me the wrong way about how they felt like it was a gotcha and it's like i i really am worried about this young lady now and and that i hope that somebody doesn't think that they were really talking to her and are really mad if they do think like oh that doesn't happen it happens every day it happens with celebrities and everyday people so yeah that's part uh, of the reason. Why. Yo, yo, you had anything? No, no. I think you guys wrapped this up well. Got it. <laughs> what were we saying, Kirby? That's part of the reason why I even use I use a throwaway phone number when I was using online dating because people will go to very intense lengths to try to prove a point. I even had a black man uh, somewhere down in Douglasville contact me because I'm a plus size woman and I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, contact me and say, you know, I think you're beautiful to send the third, but you should come to my gym and work out. I can teach you how to protect yourself from rape. Excuse me? Is that what? So I use, I would use fake phone numbers. I would only use the same pictures across all platforms so that those pictures popped up and somebody tried to cat, use me as a catfish. I would know exactly what platforms they came from. It was a lot of things, a lot of different security measures that I put in, um, in place. And you know, after, you know, interacting with a few of the guys, especially some of the older black ones who a lot of times they just had a bunch of kids and wanted to have another child in the house, but wanted to have sex with them. It just, it became too tiring and overwhelming. So at this point, I recommend to any black woman, if you're going to be dating, date offline, find activities that you enjoy and go to those places and interact with the people there, go to a rooftop bar or something, go to a cigar bar. Uh, play volley, go play like recreational volleyball or go to some like conferences in your profession, like if you're in the finance industry or real estate or marketing or whatever, or even if you're in criminal justice, find find people that have references because a lot of people online are really, really creepy and are just trying to see if they can essentially manipulate you into doing the things that you really don't want to do. Um, and it's unfortunate that it's that way. And if you do do online dating, go ahead and cough up the cash to do like a proper situation. And I'm not talking about the subscriptions to Hinge and Tinder and uh, Bumble and all that shit, find a matchmaker if you can afford it so that these people can vet folks, they do background checks, make sure that they're not on some fool-a-la before you even deal with them. Because, like, honestly, the like like Auntie Nick was saying, the level of unsafeness and the level of violence that men, especially online, try to propagate to women, it is absolutely mind-boggling. So y'all protect yourselves. Be careful out here because these men are just getting creepy and creepy by the day. All right, so, and again, this was about the 4C hair. We got kind of, I know I took it kind of the online dating because that part bothered me about the story. But um, we ain't going to lie, act like the hair ain't a conversation. We happen to be four natural women on here. Um, we might switch our hair up, you know, and do different things. But that is a conversation to have um, about a specific kind of black hair. Yeah. All right. Social media streets are ablaze as photos from your boy Breezy, Chris Brown, uh, meet and greet. Not my boy. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Um, thousand dollar meet and greet. Um, and the, the photos started circling the web. Um, some people had a lot to say. Some people had comments about the thousand dollar price tag, good or bad, and some about the poses. Um, that Chris was doing, and some even went back to some um, dark skin, light skin comments um, that had got made some years ago. So I want to ask you, ladies, what did you think about the pictures? Did you like them? Are you a fan? 
Um, did you think they were weird? And do you think the price was, you know, right? Yo, yo. So I'm just going back and looking at these photos. <laughs> because in one of the comments, they were like, you know, Chris Brown managed to make every girl look like he took a picture with look like he's the love of his life. And did. <laughs> and did. I mean, I, I, I can't be mad at it because, you know, if people are willing to pay for it, then, you know, that's what you should subject it to. Um, I don't know who thought of that. Was it him, his manager, his, you know, his posse, whatever the case may be. Um, but these women were lined up. They were excited. Um, hey, I'm here for it. Get it how you live it. And other artists have done it and they've charged more. So it's not a new concept. No, not at all. Okay, with your face. Go ahead. <laughs> Ma'am, if you got a thousand dollars, hey, take a picture with Chris Brown, then you got a thousand dollars to do so much more. Um, something that has a, a, a just something that could give back more to you than a picture with Chris Brown. I'm sorry. I think Chris Brown is a despicable person. I can't stand him. Um, someone would have to pay me a thousand dollars to stand next to Chris Brown. Um, mm -hmm. And then I would have my guard up because you know, he liked to beat on people and hit people. Like, <laughs> hey, he spit on people that. too. He spit, <laughs> he's, his lisp is real. Oh, see, no, and it's COVID. And I seen the pictures he got. He was holding someone like a baby. I mean, I, it's COVID. I don't want nobody breathing in my face. I definitely don't want Chris Brown breathing in my face because I don't know how many faces he's breathing in and what all he got going on because you know it's Chris Brown. So, um, you know, again, and I know that as uh, Auntie Nick had mentioned, the women that he was taking the pictures with are women that he would one never date, talk to. Uh, converse with who he would let in the club if he was uh, the doorman um, none of that so I definitely can't see myself spending uh, no thousand dollars I'm not paying to be in your presence when you would never even look my way for free absolutely not fuck out of here with that that's all I gotta say Kirby you standing in line no I'm gonna run it run it <laughs> and go get me a cheeseburger or something I don't have if I have a thousand extra dollars, I'm either going to buy myself some new bags or shoes or put it into my Roth IRA or buy some more stock in something that I have in my portfolio or maybe start another business. Like, I don't know, a snow cone stand or some shit. I am not giving a thousand dollars to any celebrity. Wait, and I'm snow cone? Those Wait, snow? Was that a Chris Brown reference? Well, I mean, it wasn't until you made it, girl. <laughs> um, they probably cool, too. I just... I'm go ahead and Chris Brown for his love of cocaine because um, if I was out here using people as punching bags and nobody forgave me about it, I might use cocaine too. Um, I just know I don't find I don't find Chris Brown. And let me say this: amazing singer, artist, dancer. I'm gonna give you your flowers, but you're not worth a that. Your presence is not worth a thousand dollars to me personally. I would rather raise my mama from the dead from the dead for a thousand dollars if I want to see somebody and take pictures with them and talk to them. Like there's not there is no there's there's you're not providing a thousand dollars of value to me. A picture of you I could download off the internet and then crop myself into the picture for 20 minutes of my own time and a Photoshop subscription for $9.99 a month. I don't 
Like what is what what is the value that is being produced by me giving you a thousand dollars? Are you gonna show me how to become a star? Are you gonna give me a demo? Are you gonna take me out to a really nice dinner? And at that point, I'm taking myself out because I'm paying you. Like it just, I don't see why it was worth it. And like y'all mentioned, all the women in those pictures are women that he would not give the time of day. Um, he might let you, you know, clean up his hair clippings at the barbershop, but you know, whatever girl, go off. If that was your dream, um, you know dream bigger. Dream you bigger. Know, uh, dream bigger. And I and respectfully, it didn't look like nobody that was an attorney or a doctor or an accountant or an engineer or an entrepreneur that was making a whole lot of money. So y'all was really giving up rent money for a picture with Chris Brown. And I know you're not making twenty dollars in Y'all, baby mamas in there too, so I know they baby daddies are like, "Hey, I thousand dollars for the baby." What happened? <laughs> TD Jake said what he said. Ooh. I just need y'all to make better decisions and choices um, with your bodies, with your money, um, with your mental health, um, with your time. Like that was that was just really wasteful. Like, girl, we could have went to I don't know, take Christmas pictures with Santa Claus at Greenbrier for cheaper than that. I'm fine. Um, I get. I'm not mad at this. I'm not mad at it. This is one of Chris Brown's greatest hits. <laughs> um, I'm not surprised. Y'all acting like y'all surprised. He want to hit a lick. Um, <laughs> girl, <laughs> it it's business. It's part for the course for musicians and entertainers these days. They got to make their money. Um, if you can get a bunch of people to line up for a thousand dollars a pop, fifteen hundred a pop. Two grand a pop. Why not? My question is, did y'all get COVID tested? Did everybody take a rapid test or whatever? Because y'all was real close all up in each other's, you know, face and stuff. And it just didn't seem very practical um, or safe at this point. Um, y'all want to make sure monkey pops didn't make his way up in there. Do we have a monkey pops rapid test yet? So that we can see what's going on because if, if I walked out of there with some boils and bumps that I didn't come in there with, I'm gonna have a problem. And Breezy, you might have to see me. Um, I, I yeah. Other than that, other than the safety concerns, I'm not really mad at it. He did look like he took relationship and prom photos with all of them. That was crazy. I, I was not expecting that but it is internet gold and it was very entertaining them girls look so happy the girl who jumped in his arms and all of that it it, it was ridiculous and, and wow. he i give it to breezy he is an even better actor than i have given him credit for from uh this christmas and all his acting because he he looked like the loving boyfriend in every last one of those pictures and he played that role and gave them girls a thousand dollars worth of affection in that photo. Because <laughs> yes. I know he ain't looking at all them like that, but they had, they they paid for it. They had a moment. This is probably the best lick a gigolo to hit in a long time. And Chris, as long as you can keep it safe, do it again. Ladies, y'all legit got pimped by this man. Oh, you did? Y'all got got Y'all was all some plays, some johns, whatever you want to call it. You hit a lick off y'all, but go off. I hope the picture was a nice size. I hope it came with a frame. Um, and I hope that y'all can cherish it for the rest of your life. Because that 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 $1,000, wow. I, I, I wouldn't do it, 
for any artist or anything like that or any anybody. I'm not paying a thousand dollars to take a picture with anybody, but if I could charge, I would. Y'all fuck around and let me get famous. Y'all gonna be paying a thousand dollars to take a picture with me. <laughs> um, all right, we're gonna move on. Um, Muhammad Aziz. I don't know if I'm saying the name right. I hope I am, sir. Um, one of the men wrongfully accused of assassinating civil rights leader, one of the biggest civil rights leaders of all time, um, Brother Malcolm X, has been exonerated. He was exonerated along with the other wrongfully accused in November 2021. He is now suing the city of New York, yo people, yo yo, for $40 million, along with the individuals that were involved in the investigation. Um, he and the other falsely accused, which is Khalil Islam, um, have, even though they were exonerated in November 2021, spent over 50 years, almost 55 years, um, of being accused and convicted for the 1966, um, 1965 murder. They spent 20 years of their lives in prison for the murder. Um, he says that it was hard spending 55 years being branded as the murderer of one of the greatest civil rights leaders of all time. And y'all gonna have to pay him for his pain. So when I ask you guys, what do you think? I think the man is in his eighties now. Um, Life has been spent, uh, the prime years of his life were spent in prison. And even when he got out of prison, people still looked at him uh, as though he was the killer. He finally gets exonerated. He's in his 80s. What does he do with that now? Um, Kaylee, we'll come to you. I know legal is your field. Um, do you feel any type of way about this? Do you think that he has a case? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So in addition to the 20 years that he served, um, incarcerated, he also spent an additional 36 years on parole. So that man Woo! still was free even after he was freed. And then, as you mentioned, he was still branded as uh, the person who murdered or assassinated Malcolm X, which we all know was bullshit, that we all know was government um, engineered, along with several other of our Black uh, leaders, such as Medgar Evers, Fred Hampton, Martin Luther King, uh, Harry and Harriet Moore. The list goes on and on and on. Um, and so they did uncover that the FBI and NYPD also, uh, they withheld key evidence, which led to the, uh, convictions, but would also have been exculpatory or, uh, evidence that would have led to an acquittal, um, had that evidence been turned over, um, and been allowed to be presented at trial. So we all know that, you know, it's a fix. Uh, the government is corrupt. Um, you know, definitely back in the '60s with what's his face? What what, what was his name? Um, Edgar Edgar shoot the head of the there you go. Him. Uh, we all know that he had his list, his hit list. He was going down that list of people. Um, that is, and it still affects and has a lasting impact on the black community today. Um, I don't even, I would love to imagine a world, but I don't want to because it would be too depressing, but a world where uh, Martin Luther King was able to live out his dream um, and his life, as well as um, a strong brother such as Malcolm X and all the other people that I did name as well, um, as long as uh, with other people, people who participate in the Black Panther Party and all of that. Um, if we lived in a, in a, a fair society where we all could live out our dreams um, as a community, uh, the black black people as a whole would be so much further along. Um, and so, you know, it was it was by design. Uh, the man 
Mr. Aziz, he is uh, suing for $40 million um, after failing to reach uh, negotiation uh, with the state of New York or city of New York. So I hope he gets every penny. I hope he is able to turn that money around and use it so that he can live for another 20, 30 years um, in peace and good health and enjoy his riches. Um, but yeah, that's how that's those are my thoughts on that. I think you should up it to 55, pay me a million for every year. Mm -hmm. um, Kirby. You know, U.S. government is such an interesting thing, the federal government in particular. Um, I What it makes me think about, and I, and I do hope that he wins his case and that he gets all his coin and more, um, and that his children's 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 children and their cousins and their great-grand and their great-grandchildren um, are taken care of in perpetuity. Um, but what it makes me think about is the fact that the federal government in a lot of instances in this country, and not only with black leaders, but anybody who was dissenting from whatever their ideas of what was good and what was right, would put this many resources into either lying on people or spying on them or making some sort of conspiracy around them. And it's like, I just feel like as a citizen, like money has been just been wasted on people's personal vendettas because you're afraid that someone speaking out and being honest about their experience in this country is gonna somehow usurp your power or create a situation or circumstance where you will be pulled out of power or be called into question for your behavior. And so it's just, it's just very, very interesting to me and very, very strange. Um, J. Edgar Hoover and them and all them people that was up there, uh, what was it, the CIA and federal government and all these different types of stunts that they was pulling, it's like, but what did it really amount to? Were these leaders actually that powerful? Um, was killing them actually something that would put people at rest around the issues they were talking about? And I think it's going to be interesting in the next five to 10 years or so, considering where we are in this country, um, how, how people are going to react to a lot of the situations and circumstances um, that these things have created. Um, we're in a painful place in history in this country. People are frustrated. People are mad. And it's not going to necessarily be revolutions based off of some sort of um, uh, some sort of revolutionary leader. It's going to be based off the fact that it's going to it's going to be very Marie Antoinette. Very y'all are giving us that energy of let them eat cake, and people are going to start walking off from jobs. People are going to start stop showing up. People are going to stop paying taxes. And you know, considering how some of these white supremacists operate, they're going to start jacking uh, stuff from D.C. and other major uh, cities and trying to create militias and create war in this country. So I think it's very important for the federal government to be very careful how they move right now. We're in a very vulnerable state um, in this country, and we need to be very careful um, about how we move um, as individuals um, and also our government as well, because there's still human beings out here making decisions on behalf of people that they really don't understand. So like I said, I hope that Mr. Aziz um, gets all that money and more and that every person in his family is taken care of in perpetuity. And Auntie Yo-Yo is back. Auntie Yo-Yo, we were talking about Muhammad Aziz, one of the men wrongfully accused of assassinating Malcolm X, and he's suing NYC, your place, for $40 million. Um, he spent uh, the last over 50 years being accused of this. Um, as Auntie Kaylee pointed out, he did 20 years in prison and 36 years on probation um, until his exoneration along with his other, um, the other man who was falsely accused 
um, as well, Mr. Khalil Islam. Mr. Khalil Islam is deceased, y'all. That's why he's not a part of the lawsuit. He did pass away, unfortunately, before he could, I guess, see full justice. Um, what do you think? Do you think that he has a case? Do you think he's owed this $40 million? Um, Do we need to get, when they say, get your hand out my pocket, do we need to get his hand in NYC's pocket? Oh, yo, unfortunately, you can't hear you. If you can, turn your sound on. Oh. It's okay, though. We hope that Auntie Yo-Yo can come back um, yeah. her to get situated. Um, exactly. But yeah, I hope it gets right. Yeah, I hope he does, too. I, I, I really do feel for people who are wrongfully accused. There's so many cases that even um, people were convicted of before DNA was a thing and before they could be tested in certain ways. And you have cases all the time coming back and people are getting exonerated um, for, unfortunately, crimes that they served time for that they did not do. And sometimes they suffer quite a bit in prison because people get treated certain ways in prison for certain kind of crimes. And it turns out all the time they were uh, innocent, but we'll move on. If Auntie comes back, we'll get her comments. Um, book of the month, yes, Kirby, let us know what that is. Yes, our book of the month for the month of July is uh, Why I Love Black Women, uh, by Michael Eric Dyson. Um, it is a really great, great book about how black women have impacted his life, um, and about the joys of being in the presence of black women and how much they impacted his work as well. So that is our book of the month. It's available on all uh, platforms where you can buy books, Amazon, Books A Million, uh, Borders, wherever, whatever you've got out here. Um, we're looking forward to uh, continuing to read that book and maybe have some commentary on it later on. Auntie Yo-Yo, it looks like you're back in the room. Let's give a little quick audio test for you. Can we hear you? I was trying to title, get this man this money. <laughs> Come on, run that check. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the dances in your camera, dog. They, they didn't want you to be great. I'm just saying, you know, I run up in top talk about that ass. Give me this money. <laughs> That's it. Continue. Yeah. You're going to walk in the courtroom and say, yeah. I'm hearing it. We're going to continue. And this is also why I love Black women, because we're freaking hilarious. Um, but yes, we're going to continue reading that book by Dr. Michael Eric Dyson. You can get that book on all platforms. So looking forward to having some commentary. And maybe we'll do a dedicated episode to the book at some point this month. Um, handing it back to you. All right, y'all. It's time for our, um, the bottom of the show. Sometimes you go get your food. You get home or you sit in the restaurant. You sit down. You open your box. You're ready to eat. You take a bite. Your fries ain't even hot. You got to do a return. We like to call them let goes. Auntie Kaylee, I think you got something you are ready to let go of this week. Oh, absolutely. I'm letting go of bugs and wildlife in general. Um, <laughs> I can't stand it. I am not a Georgia native. Uh, I actually moved out of here from Las Vegas. So, you know, uh, desert landscape, uh, very different climate. I am not accustomed to all of these, uh, you know, 
critters and creepy crawlers that y'all have out here. I don't even like frogs. I barely like people, okay? When I tell you I just don't like a lot of things <laughs> and beings, um, I do like dogs, but not the pug face kind. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> outside of dogs and a few people, you know, I, I, I don't have any purpose for any of that. But, you know, I'm, I've been trying to get my, get walking again, get my fitness back on track and all of that. It's like, I can't even enjoy a walk. Number one is hot. I'm sweating. I don't like sweating. Um, and then number two, I got the mosquitoes trying to drink my blood. And now I got to be worried about whether they got West Nile or what kind of diseases they're going to infect me with. I have no idea. I come home. I'm itchy. I'm scratchy. The deer are out. They look majestic, you know, I'm not going to lie, from my window. Um, however, when, my, when I'm outside, I don't want to encounter a deer. I don't want to encounter, uh, encounter a fox, a deer, uh, you know, Jack the Rabbit, none of that. No, no, stay away from me. Keep the rabies away from me. Keep the bugs away from me. Keep the ants, all of it. Stay away. Just <laughs> no. So letting go of that. I respect it. I'm, I'm a native of Georgia and I don't like the bugs. <laughs> tell, you, tell me you from Georgia without telling me you from Georgia. <laughs> oh, that ain't nothing but a water bug. Oh, no. See him. Period. <laughs> look like a roach. It's a roach. Yeah. It's a roach. <laughs> All right. Let go of bugs and wildlife. I'm with it. Anybody else got any let goes before we move forward? Uh, I was just going to let go of fraudulent, um, fraudulent people, fraudulent jobs, fraudulent circumstances and situations. You know, I understand that it's really hard for folks to be real and be authentic and to be genuine. Um, but that don't mean that you get to parlay in my pulpit. Um, so anybody who can't be themselves doesn't know themselves well enough to be themselves and cannot be honest and transparent about who they are and what their intentions are. I'm letting every single one of you go. I'm releasing you back into the wild the same way Auntie Kaylee is releasing all them bambies, all them little hares and rabbits and tortoises back. All of you all can go back to where you came from, i.e. fraudulent land. Um, stay there, remain there, pay taxes there, get your residence there, get your mail, your USPS there, everything that you need and desire. Put yourself a little fraudulent McDonald's up if you need it little fraudulent Wendy's, little fraudulent Del Taco, and eat all that fake shit, okay? Enjoy it, but keep it away from me because I, I am not that. I'm very much rooted in who I am. I enjoy who I am as a person. And if you don't enjoy me, you don't have to. It's not a requirement for you to be in my space. It's not a requirement for you to um, be in proximity to me. You always have a choice. And, and, and based on some of the conversations that we had today, a lot of people really need to get rooted in the fact that you have a choice. You don't have to be or do anything for what you want to be. And if, but if you want to be fraudulent, stay over there, please. Thank you, management. Scam Island. That right. was fraudulent. Crazy. And these bugs and wildlife that is out of control. Period. I love it. Damn we'll go ahead and let go of monkey pox, but we'll get back to that another time. Um, <laughs> to go by, sometimes you go to the function or you get your food, you got something left over. You want to go ahead and leave it, wrap it up in that aluminum foil, keep it in that styrofoam box, stick it in the refrigerator, eat on it for the next couple of days. We like to call this a to go box, something we want to leave you with for the upcoming week. Kirby, I know you got something a little biblical. 
Yeah. So, you know, I've been drawn to, and it's interesting, like I said, I was raised a Baptist. I don't identify as a Christian anymore, but I do appreciate the Bible and the, a lot of the lessons that it's told us. And it's a lot of wonderful stories. People don't realize that Jesus was actually a thug. Um, he was out here smacking people left and right uh, with the word of God. Um, but the one that spoke to me most recently is Matthew 10, 16, and that is, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And the way that I interpreted that particular scripture is you're, we're in a world, we're in spaces, whether it's our jobs, relationships, uh, a concert, where we're going to be amongst people in situations and circumstances that are going to be trying to kill us, trying to harm us in type, some type of way or try to destroy us. And it is up to us to ensure that we operate wisely. That's where it talks about being shrewd as a serpent. Operate wisely in all the circumstances that you're in, but never try to do any harm. Uh, be as harmless as doves. So learn how to navigate things in your life where you're not trying to harm people that are trying to harm you, but me, me, making sure that you move around them. Be like water in a certain way. Um, because you don't want to, ultimately what the scripture is talking about, do not mess up your integrity or compromise your integrity because other people around you are trying to compromise you. So that is what I wanted to go in the to-go box today. Be, uh, understand that you may be a sheep amongst wolves, but that doesn't mean that you have to be a wolf. It means for you to be wise and to be thoughtful um, about how you move around and communicate and how you deal with situations and make sure you do your best not to cause any harm in the process. That's my to-go box for this week. All right. Anybody have any other to-go box before we move forward? We receive it. Period. All right, y'all. That is our show. We thank everybody for joining us. Before we go, Kirby, let everybody know where they can find us. Well, of course, as you can see on the screen, you all can follow at Auntie Killer Kaylee. Um, go ahead and jot that down. And if you're listening to the podcast, go watch on YouTube so you can see how to spell her Instagram name. Follow at Yo Indigo Art, Auntie Yo-Yo. Wonderful thing. She's also got on some of her merchandise here. Uh, wonderful clothing company and artist. I'm actually going to be commissioning some art for her in uh, a new space that I am uh, building. Um, follow Auntie Nick at Nick Spitz. And of course, follow us at Extra Crispy, Extra Wet. Uh, on Instagram, uh, we're figuring out TikTok and Snapchat and Twitter and all that stuff. We're young aunties, but we're not so young that we understand everything that's going on. So we're figuring that stuff out slowly but surely. And of course, if you have comments, questions, concerns, or even emotional outbursts, you can email them to hello at extracrispyextrawet.com. And y'all know how I feel about people that can't spell. If you can't spell it, don't contact us because we don't want to talk to you. But we appreciate you all continuing to support us. Also, make sure that you uh, that you join us on Wednesdays during Active Seasons, 8 p.m. on Wednesdays on Instagram. Extra Crispy, Extra Wet has Extra Wet Wednesdays, hosted by none other than the awesome and amazing and beautiful Auntie Nick. We want to have your engagement and your commentary. We want to continue to grow the platform, and we appreciate y'all sticking with us. Appreciate that, big dog. Um, <laughs> Now you gotta look up to your people sometimes. I'm dumb. Right, yo yo. <laughs> you are foolish. <laughs> Kaylee, I ain't forget about you, girl. I, you I didn't forget about you. <laughs> I love y'all. This is why I love black women. <laughs> look, you gotta take your Brady Bunch moment when you can. You know, when are you Brady Bunch? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I might have you have to drop me down something one day and I have to like catch it or something. <laughs> we'll play around. That's the movie magic I ain't ready for yet, but we'll figure it out. Thank you, dog. I needed that pen. Wow. <laughs> we okay. play it. I appreciate it. Let me give it back. 
<laughs> y'all was sick. I'm down. Okay, I'm sorry, y'all. We want to play. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like, comment, and subscribe. Yes. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Give us your feedback. And we appreciate the support. We're going to keep playing. But we're going to let y'all go. See y'all on Wednesday at 8 o'clock on Extra Wet Wednesdays on Instagram. Until then, we love y'all. We appreciate y'all. We don't say goodbye. We're going to keep it straight ATL and just say, all right, then.